All right, welcome in. This is a Locked On crossover between Locked On Northwestern and Locked On Hawkeyes. I am joined uh, by the the host of Locked On Hawkeyes, Trent Condon. Trent, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you, Carter? Doing all right, man. I'm uh, excited to talk about this matchup. We've uh, we've we've got coming up here on Saturday. It's going to be a uh, a good game. Another road test for. My Wildcats and uh, your 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 Hawkeyes obviously get to a chance to get some re- revenge at home that maybe hasn't happened here recently in this matchup. Uh, before we get started, uh, I'd like to, I guess, give a shout out to the sponsor of today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season. With more props, odds, and lines than ever before, bet online where the game starts. And also, before we get going, I'd like to thank uh, everybody who's tuning in that for making Locked On Hawkeyes and Locked On Northwestern your first listen for kind of anything and everything Northwestern and Iowa. We we really appreciate it. Uh, our podcasts are available wherever you get podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. We're also uh, we're also on YouTube. You can kind of search us and find us and uh, make sure you turn on notifications and some subscriptions and don't miss any of our episodes. All right, Trent. So let's talk about this game. Let's start with the storylines and I'll kind of let you lead off and I'll, and I'll yep. go second, but uh, what are, what are the storylines for Iowa he- heading into this matchup on Saturday? There's a, a couple of big ones that continue to brew. Of course, the the first one that's been talked about all season long and really coming into the season is this Iowa team and just how putrid they are offensively. 131st in the country, last uh, in that category. Uh, looking at some numbers from the past, uh, they're setting up to be not just the worst in the Big Ten this year and the worst in the country. This is going to be one of the worst offenses in the last quarter century in wow. college football. Not power five structure, college football period. In fact, right now, only seven teams during the Kirk Ferentz era over the last 24 years have had a worse offense in total yardage than Iowa has right now. It's an absolutely eye-opening number when you look at it. It's continued last week against Ohio State coming off a bye. First play of the game, interception, rolling Spencer Petras out to the left. He had as bad of a half of football as you can have. The backup finally gets in for the first time this season promptly fumbles the first snap of that he sees of the season and then throws an interception on a tip ball on his third play of the day. It was that kind of day against Ohio State for the offense. The defense holds Ohio State to 360 yards, 2.2 yards a carry, yet everybody wants to talk about the offense. And, of course, not just the offense, but the man running it, Brian Ferentz, the coach's son. So you have the nepotism angle. You have the worst offense in the country. You have a coach at 67 years old, people wondering, how quickly, even after playing for a championship a year ago, you know how quickly this could dissipate and fall apart. We remember the end of the Hayden Fry era and how quickly it fell apart for him. So there's a ton of storylines coming into this game from the Iowa perspective. And this week, yeah, it's Northwestern. It's a team that Iowa has struggled with. Fitz has had Ference's number. They have not beat them in Kinnick Stadium. Iowa hasn't in the last four trips. It has been all these different things kind of ca- but nobody's talking about Northwestern this week. It is a lot of negativity. Not only that, then Kirk Ferentz, first of all, after the game on Saturday against Ohio State, uh, Doug LeMarie, the columnist with the Cleveland Plain Dealer, he was asking questions about nepotism. Kirk was upset about that. Then he doubles down in his Tuesday press conference, and he calls him out again. Then he sends out a statement last night 
saying, sorry, I respect the media, even though he said he didn't respect the media. And on top of it, then he's on his coach's show last night on radio, and he triples down on it and says he didn't like the tone of what Marie had to say. It's just, there's a ton going on, as you can uh, hear here, Carter. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like it. And, you know, it's it's an interesting matchup because what it's, I believe it's the longest tenured coach in FBS and the third longest tenured coach in FBS in this matchup, which I think is fascinating. But yeah, I've definitely kept up with some of the uh, storylines around Iowa with the with the offense and the uh, obviously in our locked on group group message. I saw the stat that got put in there about fewest yards gained by any team in the country this season. And uh, I've I've. I've heard some people talk about the uh, Brian Ferentz side of things and everything, but kind of, you know, I feel like from a temperature perspective, there are some similarities between both of these programs. Northwestern opened the season kind of red hot, you know, week zero, go to Dublin and get a win over Nebraska as pretty decent on underdogs in that game. And you kind of thought, hey, this is, this is going to jumpstart a quick start here. There was... I certainly felt that there was a path to 4-0, and pretty quickly that all fell apart as Northwestern's lost six in a row, uh, including an FCS loss to Southern Illinois that I don't feel like uh, should have happened. But it's been it's been a rough go for Northwestern. They've they find they found ways to fall behind in every game and had to kind of crawl back, uh, with the exception of and they've crawled back in most games with the exception of maybe. Uh, the Wisconsin game where it got bloody and ugly fast, and it kind of stayed that way in uh, Jim Leonard's first game as the interim head coach for for Wisconsin. But, I mean, look, this this team has found ways to shoot itself in the foot all season long. Any time that there is a big play that could go against them, it kind of has felt like it has gone against them. And uh, the storyline that you keep hearing is practice is just not translating on the field. Every week, the the discussion is how how crisp and how well everything goes in in uh, in practice, and then when they get around to the game, it's losing one on one matchups. It's not being in the right alignment. It's kind of misfitting the run. Those types of things, and then the other thing that has killed them is turnovers and allowing explosive plays has been a recurring theme in this season. They don't force a lot of turnovers, but they, uh, especially after the first game or two, started committing a lot of turnovers. Uh, they were able to overcome one or two in the first couple games and kind of stay in there. But um, season started with Ryan Helinski, guy who'd been in college for four years at two different schools, started out at South Carolina, and we really saw the best version of, of Ryan Helensky we had seen in his college career, and he really thought, wow, like if this is what the quarterback play is going to be in the first two weeks, then this this offense could really be something. And then, weirdly enough, that, that Southern Illinois game against a bad pass defense for FCS standards um, was very rattled and uncomfortable and kind of fell off after that, got very inconsistent, turned the ball over too much, and last week, you actually kind of like Iowa. Some, so another parallel here. The uh, you saw the backup actually get his first start, and he got his first action two games ago um, 
against uh, Wisconsin and then last week got his first start, you know, was kind of as a redshirt freshman taking making his first start ever and getting his first extensive action. Kind of managed it pretty well, but there were two critical turnovers, which is the story that keeps plaguing this team this year that kind of killed their momentum because they they had the lead and you could have made the argument that they looked every bit the better team on the field in College Park. Uh, granted, College or Maryland was without their starting quarterback as well. That was part of the storyline going into that one, but it just kind of momentum flipped and they got behind and then sure enough, they come back, tie the game and next play, next offensive play for Maryland, 75 yard touchdown run. One of those explosive plays that's continued to plague this team and they dropped their sixth in a row. Uh, it really was. It's, it's interesting because there is a feeling that change has to happen, but I don't think I don't see a scenario right now where it's going to happen at the top. I think there's going to be some shuffling around somewhere as uh, as the season wraps up, but uh, it remains to be to be seen what exactly happens uh, with this program moving forward. Before we kind of move on to the uh, matchups in this in this game on Saturday, I want to talk about our friends at Sweatblock. Look, as I'm, I'm a bigger person, I'll be honest. I've always had issues with uh with with sweating no one wants to be that person that you know has the uh pitting sweat stains in public but it becomes something that that you worry about sometimes especially if you uh in in the summer or if you live kind of in a warmer area of the country but thankfully i found sweat block uh and i no longer have that issue all the like anxiety that comes with it kind of faded away and uh look sweat block is Created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also, before we get going here, thank you for making Locked On Northwestern and Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Trent. So as we kind of dive into the matchups in this game, what are some ones from the Iowa perspective that you're kind of highlighting uh, that you that you are looking forward to in this game? Well, looking forward to it's the defense. And, and any week, that's what you start with with this Iowa football team is just the ability to, to watch these guys fly around. They're deep up front, though they don't have, you know, the sack guy, the guy that's going to come off the edge and, and finish the season with 10, 12, 15 sacks, anything like that. They do have a deep stable of defensive linemen, including Y.A. Black, one of their youngsters who's going to uh, possibly come back this week and be available uh, in this matchup. But they're deep up front. Joe Evans, he had the scoop and score, forced the turnover and the only touchdown of the game in the defensive score against Ohio State last week. A four-year guy, kind of that try-hard guy out there, started his career just as a rush specialist and now has developed into a three-down player. So they got a lot of guys up front. Lucas Van Ness from your neck of the woods. He's been really good for them this season as well. 
The linebacker group is outstanding, led by Jack Campbell and the All-American uh, candidate that he is. He is on the a lot of award lists, and he rangy. You know, he actually reminds me of some of the guys we've seen. You know, Patty and company, some of those linebackers of Northwestern past. Just his ability to cover sideline to sideline. He's big. He's six five. But he's not just to stick his nose in there, middle linebacker. He is really rangy, can really run. He's a lot of fun. Of course, the defensive backfield making plays all over the place. This defense is special. It's elite. And that's the reason I think people are so upset because I was had down years during the Kirk Ferentz era, right? I mean, they've had some bad seasons. You go back to 2014, they went four and eight that year. They've had those downturns before 2012, excuse me. They've had downturns, but you've never had a unit like this defense that feels like it's being wasted right now. So just an ability to watch this team and how good they are defensively. That's exciting. And a possibility to go up there against a Northwestern team that's had their issues. This is not going up against Michigan or Ohio state. This is an opportunity to go out there Hey, maybe you can pitch a shutout, you know, do something like that and, and give yourself some hope. And that's what you want to see out of this defense. And it's fun to watch them go out there and play special teams have been outstanding again this year. It's been a staple after LeVar Woods, a former Hawkeye linebacker and NFL player, took over the special teams. He has done an outstanding job with that. They do it with great punting with Tory Taylor, a freshman kicker who looks like he's going to be the start of the next four years in Drew Stevens. Good coverage units. I mean, they do it all, and they do it consistently year after year. But it's the offense, and uh, that is what I'm not looking forward to. The question remains, who's going to be the quarterback coming up this week for Iowa? Are they going to trot out Spencer Petrus again? Spencer Petrus, two touchdown passes this year. Uh, that is less than Air Force, Army, and Navy. Yes, the three service wow. academies that run the triple option. Spencer Petrus cannot hit that high mark of touchdown passes that they have. We've seen this now for two and a half years. He is not athletic enough to do anything on the move. He is a statue in the pocket. He has terrible pocket presence. And on top of it, he makes bad decisions. And that is something that has changed from a year ago when Iowa vaulted after the win against Penn State to second in the country. He was not making mistakes. Now over the last calendar year plus, he is making mistakes. Yet Iowa, week after week after week, continues to trot him out there. Yeah, um, that's going to be an interesting one for sure. I mean, I think that honestly, when 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 I look at this game, I do. I I feel like Iowa is going to dictate how this game plays out, really. And uh, with with the fact that I don't feel like there's any specific matchup that Northwestern has like a crazy overwhelming advantage. In. Mm -hmm. I know that they have they have the the offensive line that has some guys on it. You got Peter Skaronsky at left tackle, the gonna be a first round pick, potentially the first tackle taken in the draft. You've got some other guys on that offensive line like Ethan Wiedeker, who's approaching he may have passed 30 starts now. I think he has actually, but he's got 30 starts in his career. But you've got some experience on that offensive line. I think on offense, Northwestern has to run the ball. We know that Iowa doesn't allow a lot of uh, rushing yards per game. I think it's just a tick over 100 maybe, if I saw correctly. But uh, it's you have Evan Hull. You've got Cam Porter, who played sparingly last week. But Evan Hull's been the kind of go-to guy for this Northwestern offense. He's got 125 carries this year for 547 yards. 1,000-yard rusher last year. Uh, got 40 receptions for 436 yards and six total touchdowns. He had a ridiculous game earlier this year against uh, Duke where he had 65 rushing yards on like 17 carries, but he had 14 catches for 213 yards 
and it was really it was video game numbers and he was he decided that game okay guys like i'm gonna put the team on my back and i'm gonna carry us back in this game a game that they got down 21 nothing in and then of course your heart breaks as time is there's like seconds on the clock like three four seconds evan hole is trying to dive through traffic into the end zone to potentially tie the game and he fumbles on the half yard line and they go on to lose that game that was that was kind of a heartbreaking moment and honestly that could end up being the moment that kind of defines this this Northwestern uh, season. But I think Evan Hall, you have to get him going. He's had some games where he hasn't been able to get loose at all. He hasn't been able to find the edge. He's got good speed. He's got good power. Uh, last week, though, kind of in College Park against Maryland, he got going again a little bit. 20, 20 rushes for 119 yards and then also had four catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. If he can get going that way, uh, I think that takes a lot of pressure of Brent, off Brendan Sullivan, the redshirt freshman, making his second start, second start on the road. Uh, and I think that that would be significant. Brendan Sullivan's kind of a guy who's the polar opposite of Helensky. Uh, Helensky's your prototypical sit in the pocket, go, try to go through a read and uh, make big plays that way. Brendan Sullivan can use his legs and did last week. Uh, picked up several first downs with his legs on third and manageable. If Northwestern can stay ahead of the chains, mm-hmm. if they can get the run game going, if they can open up some holes that way, and they can uh, kind of take some pressure off the redshirt freshman, I think that that's their best best pathway to success on offense. On defense, it has been a little bit interesting this year. At times, the defense has been rather strong i mean when they went on the road and played penn state uh in the rain which a decent portion of that performance is probably because it was monsoon like conditions in that one but they forced five turnovers and really a penn state team that just a couple weeks before that went on the road to auburn and just crushed that auburn team well northwestern goes on the road and hangs within 10 that whole game uh, maybe they were too conservative. Uh, they ran the ball, I think, on the first eight plays of the game right up the middle, and North- and then Penn State was clearly ready for it. So it was three, three and outs in a row. But uh, it was, I think, that this defense for, for Northwestern, they can keep them in the game, and I it may not be because of the defense. Like I said, I think Iowa does dictate a lot of what happens in this game. And I think that uh, the defense, if they play what the game that they are capable of, then they can absolutely keep Northwestern in it. And it's a matter of what can the offense do against a really, really good Iowa defense. It reminds me of, I've seen some teams. uh, I mean, I grew up around the sec. I've seen teams in the sec that have phenomenal defenses, but just really bad offenses and just watching fan bases get really, really, frustrated with the fact that that elite defense is being squandered and it kind of feels that way um in this one for 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 Iowa this season and I I based on what you're saying it seems that the the fan base feels that way as well but yeah I think that Northwestern if they can run the football if they can make it easier on Brendan Sullivan they might be able to hang in there more than maybe most people think but uh that's kind of how I see it from the Northwestern perspective before we uh, 
kind of move on to score predictions and move mm-hmm. on to to um kind of how we see this one fully playing out. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Northwestern and Locked Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today for the games that matters the most. And actually, I'm reading the exact same read I was doing a second ago. But for your next listen, check out Locked On Sports, this Locked On Sports podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, uh, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Trent, before we. Uh, or I guess I'll just set you up for it. Score predictions sure. and how you see this thing playing out here on Saturday. You know, I have a lot of scar tissue built up with Northwestern. <laughs> I was there back in 1996. I had a great shot in that game. Of course, uh, ultimately, that was one where Fitz got hurt in the game. And you know, I know, and I think everybody <laughs> listening knows, Fitz did not remember that. He believes Chad Deal, it was a dirty play, and he got rolled up. And he wasn't <laughs> able to play in the Rose Bowl before that. And there's something extra motivation that seemingly is there every single time with Northwestern. You mentioned the three consecutive losses for Iowa inside of Kinnick Stadium against Northwestern. Go back to 2020, a game where Brian Ferentz really struggled. They didn't run the football in the second half. They had Spencer Petras in his second career start, and he wasn't good enough. And Iowa lost that football game. Afterwards, Iowa went off, ripped off six victories in a row. I've seen bad Northwestern teams beat Iowa. I've seen good Iowa teams lose to average Northwestern teams. And I think this is going to be another dogfight. Even go back Mm -hmm. to last year, as much as Northwestern was struggling going into that game. Right away, after Petrus was injured, Padilla comes in. They're moving up and down the field. Padilla looked really good. Probably his best performance of the season in the games that he played. And Iowa got an early lead, and they put in the lockbox. The old Ferris lockbox, just hold on for dear life. And and they did 17-12. And it very well could be something very similar here. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, speaking of betting, and we do a lot with Bet Online, uh, I saw the team total for Iowa is 24 and a half. Now, I'm a betting man. I love betting. I bet every day. This one is one that I had to jump aboard. I, I understand it's probably a square play and everybody else is going to be with me, but there is no way in the world. I don't care how bad Northwestern's defense has struggled this year. There is no way this current iteration of the Iowa offense is scoring more than 25 points to hit the over in that one. There's no such thing as a lock. I know that as I've been gambling now for a quarter century, but I will tell you, this one feels about as close to a lock. I think it's destined for 13 9 10-8. I mean, just something weird and goofy and gross, and maybe a safety in there, maybe a defensive score. Ultimately, I got Northwestern winning this football game. I think there is too much negativity around this Iowa program. I think the winning streak continues inside of Kinnick for the Wildcats. I got Northwestern winning this one, 13. Wow. Love the under. Wow. Hey, I'm with you on the under. I know Iowa, uh, when I was looking at the numbers last night, they are 11-point favorites on Bet Online, <laughs> and the over-under is 37.5. And, and I know that's not even – I don't think that's the uh, craziest under that we've seen in the Big nope. Ten this year by, by any stretch. I think there was one down in – the 34s, maybe that, 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 was, that I was involved in that one too. I yeah, I I, I was thinking that, but but I wasn't <laughs> sure. But look, I'm with you. I think that uh, I do find that interesting that the the team total for Iowa is 24. The only way I can see that happening is if the defense scores once mm-hmm. or twice, and we've we've seen Iowa defenses do that in the past. Uh, I would when I when I look at this, the fact that Iowa's points per game. And the points allowed per game are like what 
30 and a half or something around <laughs> there. And that's well below that, that 37 and a half number. I feel confident that this is going to go under, which I know that like they try to set it in a way that everybody's like, there's no way that it goes below 37 and a half. I just don't see. I think that this is to this point in the season, the best defense that Northwestern's offense is going to have seen. And I think that uh, we've seen Northwestern's offense struggle already against defenses that are not as good as this one. Uh, you saw seven points against Penn State. I mean, heck, you saw 14 points against uh, Miami of Ohio. It really, uh, you've seen some 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 games where the Northwestern offense hasn't gotten up and running. Uh, and then Iowa, obviously, not you. What seven offensive touchdowns all year long is what I've is what I did and found in my research. I think the under is the absolute play here. Uh, I do think Northwestern can keep it within 11. I'm with you there. I don't think necessarily they're going to win. I was thinking like a, uh, I don't know, maybe a 13-7 win for, for, for Iowa. Just as long as, as long as Northwestern can kind of protect the football and not, and not give Iowa's defense a chance to get a cheap score returning something the other way. I do think it's just going to be, it's going to be an ugly football game, but it's going to be one of those ugly football games that I feel like you can't really take your eyes off. Uh, <laughs> kind of like a, it's a train wreck that you see coming. Like I remember, heck, I remember week one uh, with with my family and them all thinking I was insane for throwing on the Iowa South Dakota stare, <laughs> the the Iowa South Dakota game, and and they saw the score seven to three. And I was like, no, 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 no. We are watching this game for the fact that it's not a touchdown that is that seven points. But yeah, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I've got Iowa winning uh, about 13 to seven. But yeah, I just Northwestern's not a great special teams team. They've, mm. uh, I think they're three of three of or four of four of seven on field goals this year. Uh, Adam Stage has not been great. Uh, and I think that that could play an impact in this game. That could be another situation where down in the red zone Iowa get kind of bows up and gets a stop and Northwestern misses a a mid-range field goal that you feel like maybe should have a decently high percentage chance of making but you know as we all know following college football college kickers you can never really pr- predict them at all but uh, that's how I see this one playing out I see it 13-7 uh, Iowa kind of before we get out of here Trent kind of I'll let you plug yourself and let everybody know where they can they can keep up with you and the podcast and what all you're 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 doing. Yeah, you can uh, of course catch me with the here with the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast as we come to you each and every day. We got Lashawn Daniels, former Hawkeye running back. He joins us during the week. My buddy Biz also stops by. That was earlier this week as he uh, comes by. Obviously, a lot of talk about what's happening inside the program. A lot of big picture stuff as we look towards the future of what's going to change, what can possibly change, and the $42 million buyout that is still there for Kirk Ferentz. So we've had a ton on that. Also, I'm on the radio here in Des Moines, 106.3 KXNO, weekdays from 11 till 1. You can catch me middays uh, over there. Podcasts are also available on that front, too, if you're a podcast listener. And, of course, love the YouTube and our YouTube commenters. And we've been seeing more and more of those uh, continue to pile up here throughout this frustrating Hawkeye season. As you mentioned earlier, Carter, make sure to hit the subscribe button if you find us on YouTube. Locked on Hawkeyes here and Locked on Northwestern for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for me, I mean, you can follow me on, 
I guess social media at CarterBird13. I guess I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Don't really use Instagram a ton, but uh, I love tweeting about college football on Saturday. I've uh, I've obviously got locked on North- Northwestern. You can follow that wherever you get your podcast on YouTube. Kind of similarly to what Trent was saying, make sure you turn on subscriptions and no- and notifications and leave a comment and all that stuff helps us. All that feedback and it helps us kind of make the show better and uh, know what you, what, what you want to, what you want us to talk about. And then uh, I'm also on the radio, but I'm also on the radio at where I got my other degree down here in Auburn, Alabama. I've got my show on the line weekdays two to four down here. Um, yeah. Where we talk about the SEC a lot and we talk about all the uh, good stuff happening around Auburn, which is a fascinating place right now in its own right. If you, <laughs> If you've kept up with that this week, they were apparently they're telling kids to uh, if if they want a red shirt to quit the team or transfer, uh, which is not a great situation at all. But that's where where you can find me, uh, Trent. It's been fun, man. It's been a lot of fun to talk about this game, and I can't wait to see how it plays out here on Saturday. Yeah, enjoy it on Saturday. Pound the under. This will feel like late October Big Ten football, I think, in to the nth degree. And, and be ready because the national colonists and, and people on Twitter, they're going to be having fun with this ugly fest. All right. Well, for Trent with Locked On Hawkeyes, I'm Carter Bird with Locked On Northwestern. And we will see you all next time.